Amazing. Crazy. With Ronald. The cat. The cat. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Cheers. Cheers. Post-holiday. Last time it was after Thanksgiving, and now it's after... Christmas. Christmas. Almost New Year's. Almost a new year. New you. New year, new you. I'll drink to that. (laughs) So yeah, welcome back, guys. We are drinking tequila today instead of wine, the usual. Tequila. And in the holiday spirit, um, I already opened my present from Delane. She's a super sweetie. I got really awesome Valley Cruise pins. Yeah. They're like um, crying amazing crazy. Themed. Adjacent. Yeah. yeah one of them is um, a knife going through feelings, <laughs> which I love. And the other one are the dancing lady emojis the- that look like me and Del. Yay. And now she's going to open this present. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I feel so honored. This is beautiful wrapping. Live. Live. Chris, come down here for the present opening. This is also crying amazing, crazy themed. Uh oh. I'm super excited. What could it be? (laughs) What? This is awesome. What is all this Pearl Jam stuff? <laughs> wow, you guys, this is rad. It's lots of pictures of Eddie Vedder. This is so cool. Oh, wow. This is from their third man record. That's so cool. Yeah, oh, my God. Everything's Dude. better with Eddie Vedder. <laughs> That's true. Everything's Eddie Vedder. Everything, Everything's coming wow. up better. Everything. That's a good one. That's a good. This is so rad. Holy shit! How did you get this? Thank you guys. No, I tried. This is what I tried to get you for your birthday, yeah. but they were in Nashville. But they were like totally. They're like that's long gone, guys. Thank you so much. Well, Pearl Jam. Yes. Pearl Jam vinyl. Yes. And soon we'll have our Pearl Jam holiday vinyl from that. Fan club Maybe that we're a part of. Maybe. Hashtag Eddie Vedder come to LA. Yeah. Come make it better, better. <laughs> this is so rad. Thank you guys. Wow. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Super cool. I'm Yay. Next to my herbs. Um, Little. Yeah. Wow. You guys, I love the holidays. I know. The holidays are times of emotions. Yes, they are. How was your holiday? Were there emotion? Were emotions running high? Um, not for me. I feel like there was like other family members who were a little emotional, but Mm. I won't call them out in public. Um, (laughs) Bless you. I have a little bit of a cold. A little baby cold. Baby cold. Yeah, um, my holidays were chill. How about you? Pretty mellow, actually. Yeah. There was a little bit of drama, but nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. I mean, what's a holiday with your family without drama? You gotta drama? have it. You gotta have it. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, so this is our sixth episode. Um, yay. We want to say thanks to everyone for listening and remind you again that again. if you don't know about our Instagram, it's Crying Amazing Crazy. 
Um, you can also email us any of your ideas for anything, cryingamazingcrazy at gmail.com. Um, tag us and stuff that makes you cry. Yeah. Tag us. Coming soon. Oh, yes. We've got cats playing in wrapping Woo. paper is what's happening in the background. But our next episode is going to feature um, some stories about crying in public. Yay, my favorite. <laughs> Hiding your feelings in public. So we want to hear from you. So if you can email us your crying, your publicly crying humiliation story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you've been caught crying in public, send those to us at our Gmail account and um, we will share it on air. But today we're going to talk a little bit about um, breakups. breakups, like we mentioned last time. Breakup stories. Yeah. Um, I think in general, people have a hard time Ending it? Ending it. Yeah. I think people not only, you know, getting dumped themselves, but I think... Do you think it's harder to get dumped or be the one to do the dumping? Here's a fun fact about me. I've never dumped anyone. I've always been the dumpy. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know, but I feel like... Here's what I feel like. I feel like men are never honest enough when they're doing the dumping uh-huh. and they portray women as being like emotional and crazy. And that's why like people fear it. But I feel like if pe- everyone was just like super honest during that process, like it would be a lot more chill. Yeah. I think that, um, I bet a lot of dudes like just go and like cry in their closet or yeah, something after, or there's that one really good like commercial for, you know, a speaker system. Where like the teenage boy is like speaker system, like put on Sam Smith and or some sad crying song, and then his mom comes at the door and he's like, change it to something upbeat. But she heard it, so she knows he's like heartbroken. I haven't seen this commercial, and but then, it yeah. makes me want to cry. And then she like it. goes in and changes it back to the sad song, and then he just like looks at her and starts bawling. And it's like one of those moments where it's like she's tending to his broken heart. It's really sweet. Aw, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, what, um, do you want to go first? Well, yeah. I mean, just, so I've probably most like, I mean, like you, I've more often been dumped than been the one to actually dump (laughs) people. (laughs) (laughs) There was one time, this is an example of somebody having a hard time. I I don't know. I feel like guys, sometimes they don't like to say that they were dumped either. I think there's always like this sort of drama about who dumped who or who broke up with who. That's like a big... Even like in celebrity gossip culture. Yeah. Like like who's the one that did... Whose decision was it? Yeah. And um, there was one time where I broke up with somebody. I've done this before where I have made this terrible, awful mistake. So I broke up with him and then immediately texted my friend Uh-oh. or so I thought <laughs> my friend and I was like just broke up with so and so he's not taking it very well oh, but sent no. it directly to the dude that I broke up no. with and I was at work at the time and he called I was working at a restaurant and he called the restaurant Shut up. yeah and was like let's get one thing straight I broke up with you and I was like oh no, okay. didn't. Your ego needs that. Yeah, so that was really just made everything even shittier <laughs> by me making that awful mistake. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I have 
tons of breakup stories. One which is documented on the Mel and Del blog, our blog that we had before, where I was dumped at Olive Garden. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I can share a little bit about that. So in high school, I dated a guy that, um, we'll call him Robert, I guess, (laughs) who, not that it matters. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways... We were dating and everything was going great. And then he, he went to a different high school than me and he joined a rest, the wrestling team and was like really into it, um, which is fine. That's great. This is also, (laughs) (laughs) it's not going in the direction. It's not going in the direction that we think it's going to go in. (laughs) So this was during live journal era where everyone like, Posted everything on Live Journal. I read on his Live Journal one day that he just wasn't that into me, which is oh, funny that he shit. would post on there because we were friends on Live Journal. So it was like the ultimate Ooh. passive aggressive thing to do. He was just like, <laughs> made a post on LJ that said he wasn't that into me anymore. And this was like right before homecoming. He Aww. was going to my homecoming with me. He was being super lazy about. Like getting a matching outfit with me. Yeah. I really wanted to have matching outfits <laughs> and he like refused to go shopping Aww. with me. So he was clearly like getting over it. Yeah. And then um I bought like my dress was fabulous. It was a long black get, dress that did you had get from Windsor Fashion. <laughs> no, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what? I don't know where I got this dress at the mall. I mean okay. some some yeah, like yeah. random teen store at the mall, but it was a long black dress and it had like rose petals, like um, glued onto it, yeah. like fake rose petals with like red rhinestones. Oh, wow. So it was like very, very classy, very classy, very quince. Mm-hmm. It was very <laughs> quince. <laughs> it probably was <laughs> just accidentally. And I was kind of small for my age, just accidentally bought a quince dress. Yeah. Um, so I looked great. Wait, did I had you, my little butterfly. You? Yes. This is before we broke up. We haven't broken up oh, yet. I saw the live journal. Read, oh. I got, I held in my emotions. He avoided talking to me. Oh I God, put in my little dick. butterfly clips and my twisted oh. back hair. And then, you know, we went to Olive Garden and, <laughs> and then, so I confronted him at dinner at Olive Garden and then he broke up with me because right he before? said, yeah, right before the dance, because <gasps> He said he didn't have enough time because he really needed to focus on wrestling. Gay. (laughs) (laughs) P.S. I did uh, wrestling stats in high school, so I can say that. (laughs) My biggest regret in that whole situation was that we did not take our photos together at the dance. Because how How fucking hilarious (laughs) would that be to see? I'm like, my face is like (laughs) wet from crying. Red. I was seriously crying at Olive Garden. That's so fucked up. Yeah, he couldn't so have waited like Olive 12 Garden. more hours. Like, yeah. what the fuck? We'll always have the breadsticks. Mm, breadsticks. Yeah. Um, so, That's one of my favorite breakup stories. So, like I mentioned before, I've never broken up with anyone. I was about to, right before Edgar, I dated this guy. We'll call him Lyle. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Great name. And he was such a douchebag pig face that I wanted to break up with him. Like I was planning on it. Mm-hmm. Like I was, we were going to go to dinner and I was going to break up with him at dinner. Mm-hmm. Like I was like so stoked. Like I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to hold the power. Um, 
he was like the exact opposite of the guy I dated before him. So he was ex military Republican mansplainer. Like you can imagine how well that three month relationship went. But anyway, it was like the night we were going to go to dinner and this fucking fool called me at work. Why do they keep calling <laughs> at work? <laughs> Why? Cause I guess you can't like leave and attack them or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he called me. I was at work. And I was so crushed, but more so, I was so pissed that I didn't get to do it first. Like, it was my final chance to break a heart, and, like, I didn't... He beat to you to it. He beat me to the punch, and, like, I wasn't that upset that he did it, but just that, like, he broke up with me. I was like, he's not supposed to break up with me. Like, I'm the good one here. Like, yeah. I'm supposed to break up with him, and that's just not how it happened, so... Have you ever been the psycho in a um, relationship? <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure Edgar can attest to that. I don't know. Uh, probably. Oh, yeah. I, I do remember psycho. one. I do remember <laughs> one now. This guy will call Pete. Okay. Pete. I just like dating him because he was like six foot five. Like he had to duck to go through doorways. So like, oh yeah, that's kind of like, hot. Damn, that's hot. Like, yeah, I don't know what you look like up there, but yeah, your height I'll take is it. hot. <laughs> and like, I was clearly like super eager to like be with him, and like he kind of like read that thirsty vibe and like just kind of told me like, let's just be friends. And I was like, okay, but like, there's all these upcoming things that we should go to together, and like <laughs> the planner as friends, as friends. And like, I was constantly harassing him, and then he just like stopped answering my phone calls. <laughs> oh. As friends, just as friends, just, just as, as friends. friends. I swear to God, just I swear as to God. we're just friends. But oh yeah, my God, I've be been I've been the psycho girlfriend in one situation I can remember. Like so, like my first love, I guess you could say, in college. Mm. He broke up with me, and I was so sad, and my self-esteem was really, really low. That's the worst part. And then I ended up dating a guy who was in a similar situation, and I think we kind of bonded over that. Like, he had just been broken up with um, Uh, by his, like, very – like, his was even more extreme. Like, it was, like, a long-term situation. And when we were together, I think it was just the fact that I had – like both of us were coming from a very low self-esteem area. So I was like very jealous and like psycho. Uh And, um, I, (laughs) this one time, so his ex-girlfriend who was like the love of his life, like they were together for a long time, showed up. She lived in another town. Like she lived far away and she showed up at a party where, the guy I was dating, he wasn't with me, but I was with like a lot of his friends okay. hanging out at Trying this to, like, party. Get like, him jealous or something. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just at a party. It was a small gathering of okay. friends, but they were like mutual friends of me and the guy mm, I was dating. I we'll call him Frederico because <laughs> I like that name. Okay, so we were at, so he wasn't there. I'm hanging out. His ex-girlfriend shows up and I was wasted. And for some reason, I was so pissed that she was like joining this group that I was like now claiming as my friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really drunk and the whole time I, I like, I like sulked in the other room and then I like had a tantrum and was like, this is my turf. (laughs) And that was, that was the quote. And I kept being like, this is my turf. Why would she come here? This is my turf. How dare her come to this like town that apparently I own the entire town. And, um, I cried in front of my friends and like for fucking years they all made fun of me and they were like this is my turf like everyone it was so embarrassing and also his ex-girlfriend was really nice and I feel like such an asshole and I ended up 
break or he ended up breaking up with eh, who broke up with who? That one I don't know because it all fell apart really bad because it was just like not a good start. Yeah, it was not a good start. And um I think at one point he had whatever. That one's kind of deep. Just because yeah. it was like I don't even that was like just bad. <laughs> bad news bears. <laughs> but I got it out of my system. I think that good. was the only time I was super psycho, like yeah. You know, it's so hacking em- into his MySpace, it is weird frame. shit like that. I feel like it's so embarrassing, like when you think back to those psycho moments. Just like, oh god, like these are the girls that like make me cringe mm-hmm. today, and we were all one of those girls at one point. I yeah. guess it's just all part of womanhood. It is. Everyone kind of goes through out. a psycho phase. I think guys go through psycho phases. Everyone does it. Totally. It has to do yeah. with your insecurities. Yeah, for sure. I remember when Edgar and I first started dating, one of his exes, it was like Halloween and I was too wasted. She like texted his phone and I saw it and like I grabbed his phone and like ran outside and texted back like, beg off, bitch, he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, one time Chris and I were walking in um, Davis and... Again, we were drinking and this girl, this like drunk college girl, Uh-oh. like came Uh-oh. up and like looped her, like looped her arm with Chris's and I just pushed her into a bush. <laughs> I was like, and then, Bye. yeah. And then like, we saw her like, um, you know, <clears throat> sometime after that, like ran into her at AM PM and she like ran out. She was all scared. And I was like, oh my God, no one's ever been scared of me before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the power, the yeah. power and the fear. Well, this time we yeah. actually got um, a, li- a listener submission. I'll let you do the intro because it was someone you know. Yeah, so super excited. Um, my friend Jennifer from high school, so um, back in the, in the Nard, Oxnard, she gave us a fantastic, epic breakup epic. story that I have never seen the likes of. She's giving him a fake name of Richard, but I feel that I want to just say we should call him Dick. So we're going to do a little bit of theater here. <laughs> I'll be playing the part of Dick. Dell is Dick, and I am Jen. Okay, this is fantastic. <clears throat> so this is Jen's story. I had been trying to break up with this significant other, Dick, for months. I was a teenager and not very seasoned in the art of breaking up with people. Every time we'd been in an argument, he would pretend to be sick so that we couldn't talk about it right then. Boy, did he get sick a lot. So this is, side note, this is Melanie stepping out. Yeah. <laughs> um, just saying, this is a pure example of a guy avoiding confrontation, yeah, I totally. think. So back to Jen. Eventually, I grew impatient with his illnesses and would try to carry on with the argument to lead to its natural conclusion, we should break up. He caught on, though, so instead he upped the ante. Now, instead of just being too sick to talk about it, he was in the hospital. Can I come visit? I'd ask, figuring this was an escalation of his fake illnesses and not a real hospital stay. No, I'm not a real patient. There was this Indian doctor who offered up to help me under the table. As they do. (laughs) Because Richard, or Dick, I guess I'll just call him Richard. Okay, because Richard was also Indian. So he was in the hospital, but no one else in the hospital knew. Right. Then, during the next argument, Richard wasn't just in the hospital. His Indian doctor told him he he, he may need to have his arm amputated because of an infection in his shoulder. I may never play tennis again. 
Finally, he was out of the hospital, arms still attached and visiting me at, at my university. I was concerned about paying for the next semester of this overpriced private school dealing with financial aid, so I wasn't paying much attention to him lately, which he did not like one bit. He then said, Well, I have $100,000 saved up in a Swiss bank account. How did you come up with that much cash, and why in a Swiss bank? I thought you've never been to Europe. Well, because I used to be in the mafia. The Italian mafia. Trademark. This Indian teenager was a runner, or some such nonsense for the Italian mafia, trademarked, in a very Hispanic town with no Italian mafia presence. The story was that he was pretty high up in one of these families. Which family, you ask? I can't say. Oh, and did I say I only had a hundred thousand? It was actually close to a million. Wait, a hundred million. 19 years old with a hundred million in a Swiss bank account from working for the Italian mafia for a couple years in high school. <laughs> Good fucking grief. I called bullshit and tried to tell him this is the type of crazy lying shit I was sick of and why I wanted to end our relationship. But just then, two sportish cars with spoilers on them passed him as he was driving us somewhere. Oh no, those guys are in the mob. They know I told you. He tried to lose them and took me to my aunt's house to keep me safe. Are you fucking kidding? No, I'm not. Then it was winter break. I was staying at my aunt's, contemplating not going back to that overpriced private university I fucking hated anyway, and wondering how in the fuck Richard had managed to weasel his way out of every single breakup conversation I'd tried to have. I had no cell phone, they weren't ubiquitous at the time, nowhere to go, nothing to do, and I was severely depressed. So I stayed inside all day every day, in my pajamas. In a three-week span, I left the house a grand total of two times, once for less than half an hour to go with my aunt on a quick run to the corner market. In that time, there were two, exactly two messages left on her answering machine, both from Richard. Both missed calls from the only two times I left the house. That fucker was stalking me at this point. The first message went a little something like this. The mob is after me. There's this guy. He and I were pretty high up in the same family and we were rivals who used to play chess against each other. But when I left, apparently he started his own family and doesn't know how I'm out of the, he doesn't know I'm out of the game. I think he's following me. I'm going to have to break contact for a while. I'll call you when I can. <laughs> a few days later came number two. Jennifer, where are you? I can't believe you're not there. I've been kidnapped. I don't know where they've taken me. I've had a bag over my head for three days but I think I'm in a private airport in New Orleans. I managed to get free, and I'm calling from a payphone. Like, forget calling the cops. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're going to find me again. This is my last chance to talk to you. I can't believe you're not there. Oh no, I've gotta go. Someone's here. <laughs> then nothing for about two more weeks. Richard pretended to be kidnapped by the mob for two weeks. And how, he, and how he got out is just as fantastic. You see, eventually after taking him to New Orleans for some reason, they brought him back to L.A. where that guy, his rival in the mob, and his rival at chess had set up his new Italian mafia family. Richard was in, was in this mansion compound that was patrolled night and day by dozens of heavily armed mafia guards. His rival wanted to play Richard at chess one last time. 
the loser would die. The winner would walk free. So Richard and the rival played chess for three days. No breaks, just one game of chess that took three fucking days. Richard, I've seen you play chess. You're not that good. And if you were that good, it, would t- it wouldn't take you three days to finish a game. Think before you lie. Well, after Richard declared checkmate, he got up to walk out of the room they'd been holed up in for three days. As he was leaving the room, the door closed behind him. He heard a single gunshot. His rival had killed himself. (gasps) To stay true to his word that the loser would die. What an honorable guy. (laughs) All the heavily armed mafia guards just let Richard walk right out of there. That's so amazing. (laughs) Unscathed, despite not knowing what the fuck had happened in that room, only knowing their boss was dead. Richard pretended to be kidnapped by the mob to try to keep me from breaking up with him. The sad part is, when I finally was able to get enough words in edgewise to break up with him, I was the one crying. That was amazing. I just want to know, like, how does one go about, like, starting up a mafia family? (laughs) I'm going to start an Italian mafia trademark family. Can I just go out and find a family and be like, you're my mafia family now. Like, I felt like, I feel like mafia families are started by like having children. In Italy. (laughs) This is so amazing, Richard. Thank you, Jennifer, so much for dating this motherfucker. And Richard, if you're out there, I just, if I ever see you, like, I need to slap your face or something because that's real. Who are you? Who are you? Why? I want to know. Like, again, why can't you just be, like, brutally honest? I don't want to date you. I think there's something... (laughs) Yeah, I was just like... I told Jennifer, I was like, how did you even, like, entertain this idea in the least bit? She just... I mean, that would be so funny just being like, oh, yeah, it's fucking Richard again. Yeah. Here he goes. Yeah. I guess it would be really entertaining, but also, also kind of emotional. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I am dumbfounded. So good. That was so great. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. So, yeah, um, don't forget, next week, send in your stories if you'd like us to do re- dramatic reenactments. Of cry- your crying incidents in public. Yeah, crying in public. Yeah. So that was awesome. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. So what made you cry this week? Things that made me cry this week are all pretty politically minded. I've been, I think because, you know, like the one year later, one year later from the election. So I've been binge watching Blackish, which I don't know if you watch that, but it's pretty amazing. It's I um, actually haven't seen it. It's really good. Um, I love Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. She's like the epitome of like human sunshine and the kids in the show are amazing. Like they're hilarious and they're just great. Anyway, I've been binge watching all the old episodes and the episode that made me cry. One of the episodes that made me cry this week is the episode called lemons, which was filmed right after the election. So they had a different episode queued up for post-election, but you know, the election went in a very different way. So the creator, um, rewrote and they reshot this episode in like a day Hmm. um all about kind of like reacting to the election and you know it was like again ptsd for me you know because they're the characters are like they show the characters watching the results come in and like kind of all of their reactions and how they all deal Uh so like 
Tracy Ellis Ross's character was like mine, like donating to every cause possible. And she's like wearing all the swag from like <laughs> Habitat for Humanity and yeah. NPR and like everything she's wearing. And you know, the, the, the show's setup is like, there's usually an intro monologue that always makes me teary eyed and then a really good conclusion. So in the monologue, he, you know, talks about upsets and how, Whenever an upset happens, we always look to see how things went, went wrong and like, you know, really <clears throat> zoning in on the point that like we're more divided now more than ever. And so um, one of the scenes that was kind of <clears throat> illuminating to me um, was, you know, he goes to work, he works at an ad agency and he's at the conference table and like this white woman says like, yeah, I voted for Trump and they all like gasp and like freak out. And she, you know, just says like, I voted for him because I don't know who Hillary was and like he speaks the tr- he speaks his truth and, you know, <clears throat> my father, you know, things were supposed to get better with Barack and my father, like everything only got worse from him. So like you kind of see the different viewpoint of that. <clears throat> it really like forced me to check myself again, especially after some of the backlash from the, the Doug, people thanking black women online for voting in Doug Jones. There was like lots of bl- backlash against that. Like, I didn't know there was backlash. Why was yeah, there backlash? Yeah, it was just like, congratulations, white women for congratulating black women. Like go out and give yourself a pat on the back. Like, oh. so this was a quote from, you know, one of the monologues. Uh, black people wake up every day believing that our lives are going to change, even though everything around us says it's not. I'm used to things not going my way. I'm sorry that you're not and it's blowing your mind. Excuse me if I get a little offended because I didn't see all of this outrage when everything was happening to all of my people since we were stuffed on boats in chains. So like that was like, fuck, like I'm an asshole. Mm -hmm. And then, um, which means code for like, I just need to try harder and like have a wider perspective on things, especially yeah. when it comes to like people outside of my own little community. So that was really cool. And then I'm just going to play this quick clip. This is like his ending monologue from the show, which is where like I started like bawling. <laughs> okay. I know how hard it is to deal with the gut punch that we are all feeling right now. It sucks. And all I'm trying to say is that maybe instead of letting this destroy us, we take the feeling you guys felt the day after the election and say that morning we all woke up knowing what it felt like to be black. It is a nightmare. I thought I'd feel taller. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> we can get past all that racial BS that's held us up for so long and work with each other make sure that whatever happens next in this country, we do together. How do we work together when the other half is nuts? Okay, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. We have to stop that, too. Uh, do I understand what anybody in their right mind could have seen in Trump? No. But maybe that's why we lost. Over 50 million people felt something. And I'm not saying that they were right. But I don't think it, it's possible that all have or even most of them were nuts or racist or hated women. So then what were they thinking? Daphne, I don't know. But I do feel it's time that we stop calling each other names and we start trying to have those conversations. If we don't, we'll end up being in a country that's even more divided for a long time. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America till the Negro has granted his citizenship rights. So anyway. <laughs> um, wow. Maybe it's the tequila. 
But yeah, I just, this show, like, there's so many good messages of reminding me of my place and reminding me, like, that in this fight for freedom, like, we need to follow those that have been oppressed for so long. Yeah. Anyway, that was one of them. Del is literally crying <laughs> right now. <clears throat> um, I hope you are too, everyone. Um, yeah. I feel like anything that ends with fucking MLK is going to make yeah, me cry. Yeah, you're like, well, there we go. There we go. Anyway, that was one of mine. That was great and actually made me, <laughs> now I want to watch that show because yeah, I've it's never watched so it. so good. I didn't realize it was done in that, I, I thought it was like a sitcom. It, but, it is, but, but like. But it's filmed in a nice way. Yeah. Like it's, it's from, not like right. a stayed. No. Trauma, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know not what like. I mean? We're not the third wall yeah. or the fourth wall, yes. whatever that is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good show. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, everyone should watch it just to get a lot of perspective on. Two, like, there's lots of, you know, um, history lessons in that show about, you know, perspectives on things that I never thought of before that they really point out and pull out. So mm-hmm. um, I, re- I just wish, to that I could follow that advice in talking to, like, these others, but I just haven't figured out a way yet how to talk to um, people on the other side of me. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to do that yet. It's (laughs) hard to do that without bringing in a lot of emotion. Right. Yeah. And to just like listen and consider. Mm -hmm. Like I I feel like I can from a distance, but like up front, you know, during the holidays when you're talking to your aunts and uncles or whatever that voted differently and feel very differently about things than you do, it's like, how do you even start mm-hmm. a conversation with someone that you know and love, let alone like a stranger? So I don't know. Maybe one day we'll get there. <laughs> I think we will, hopefully. So I have a book and a movie that I'll just plug and mention. So I just finished a book, a novel called Marlena, and um, it's by Julie Bunton. And this book was fantastic. It made me cry, and I've been thinking about it throughout the days, but basically... It kind of spans between current time of an adult woman Mm -hmm. and what happened to her as a teenager. Mm. And it's really about addiction. So she's an alcoholic and um, it goes through that. And then it's also about growing up incredibly poor, but then also seeing that there were people even poorer than her. And a friendship, a very strong teenage friendship she had with a girl who was two years older than her we know that that girl died in some way Mm. when they were teenagers Mm -hmm. and she is kind of coming to grips with it as an adult. So it's kind of like you're, it's like really gripping and that you're on every page wanting to really figure out like how Marlena died, Mm. but then also going through this, this, um, seeing how she became, an addict, this other girl, how she became an addict. And also I think it goes a lot into like being addicted to other people. Like, you know, I don't know if you, it kind of reminded me because when I was younger, I had, there was a girl that lived across the street from me who was like three years older than me or something. Mm. And I just thought she was so cool. And I idolized her. And anytime there was anything where she chose to hang out with like, other people besides me. I was so sad Aww. and I was kind of like the little kid tag along. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of that because actually she ended up being very involved in like drugs oh, and things no. like that. So it kind of resonated on mm. that level yeah. in a way, but it's a fantastic book. It's so well written. I highly recommend it. 
it just made me cry throughout the book. I don't oh, really have anything really, specific. Is that your to say. copy? Yeah, you can borrow it. It's autographed. But also the Julie Bunton who wrote it, she looks like a little baby. Like she's so young. <laughs> oh my god. And whenever that is the whenever the author looks like hella young, I'm always yeah. like, what am I doing with my I life? <laughs> she's written a novel. <laughs> me too. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, you can borrow it. Totally. Um and then just the movie that I saw, I saw this a while ago, but I had been meaning to mention it and plug it on the show is the Florida Project. Wait, no spoilers. No spoilers. Okay, I haven't seen it. All but it's on I my will list. say is that it is the most amazing film and probably my number one film of the year of 2017. Even over Lady Bird. Yes. Nice. I <clears throat> was bawling during this movie and. Um, it's set in Florida, as you might imagine. It's set in Orlando, and it's basically about the people who live in Orlando just outside the walls of the most magical kingdom right, right. and the poverty that's happening there. Mm-hmm. And um, this little child, this little girl who's the main actor, and it just follows her yeah. on her adventures, is phenomenal. It's beautiful. The art direction is fantastic. The colors are amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about it. I think it's an amazing movie. And William and Defoe, I heard, is like he's incredible. He is incredible. He's actually I thought he would be more of a main character, mm, but it's, it's all girl. about the little girl yeah, and her yeah. mom. Yeah. And the woman who plays her mom, the director found her on Instagram. Oh right. Yeah, I did yeah. hear that. She's just like not even an actor. Yeah. And it's just amazing. I heard a really good review on uh, KCRW about it. And they were talking a lot about the girl and like how she kind of came in and was like really worried. Cause obviously this is her first movie and like how she was just like amazing on every take and like a natural. She's so good. It's funny. It's oh, heartwarming. This it's, you know, gut wrenching. Yeah. It's everything. But I went to see it by myself in the theater and it was so embarrassing oh. because I was crying so much. <laughs> it was one of those things. And this crying is always when public. I saw, when I saw moonlight too, oh, yeah. um, oh, where God. I like was leaving the theater and like, I'm still crying. Like right. I can't oh, stop yeah. crying. <laughs> that was me. I saw, um, the diving bell and the butterfly. Oh, I haven't seen that. I have it. Oh, you, okay. should, you should borrow it. Yeah. Um, I saw that alone in a theater and I walked home after and the whole walk home, I was just like sobbing and like people in the street were just like staring at me like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, it's this movie. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Why do I picture Anchorman when he's like crying? (laughs) It's too hot. Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) That's how I was crying. (laughs) There is a plus size consignment shop by my house uh-huh. called the plus bus <laughs> <laughs> worst name ever worst name ever but their 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 store is amazing like follow them on instagram at plus bus they have a lot of plus size celebrities come in and do like different you know nights where you can you know come shopping and meet this awesome plus size oh, celebrity that's cool. yeah jeez i didn't know they did that so they do lots of really cool stuff so like i was it was, you know, during all the Christmas rush and hassle and I was driving past and they have like a, you know, it's like warehouse. So like there's a giant garage door that opens and you can see into the entire store and they're having some sort of event. And I just saw like this, a little girl, she was probably like 11 and she was trying on this beautiful, like long blue velvet jacket. And I only saw the back of her and she was like dancing around and then she twirled around and she had like the biggest 
happiest oh. smile on her face. And I just remember being like a young chubby girl and like not fitting into like cute things and like having to buy and wear like what fit and like just seeing like the pure joy and like self-esteem in her face and her eyes of like finding something beautiful that fits. I was just like, like bawling on the way to target. Like, that's amazing. Like this store is changing her life and her perspective of herself and, you know, letting her know that she's beautiful. And I don't know. It was just, it was super emotional. And it was like one of those surprise things where it was literally like a one second glimpse of this little girl, like spinning around being so happy and just like brought up all these emotions of like, yeah. That's really sweet. <laughs> that reminds me of, um, so I know this troop, Girl Scout troop leader mm-hmm. who was telling me their troop took a trip to Hawaii. Whoa. They like saved that money and they went to Hawaii. I'm like, you guys are awesome. Dang. And one of the girls in the troop who is kind of like, she thought maybe is like on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. She's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. They all, one of the things that all the girls wanted to do when they're in Hawaii was like go to a fancy dinner. And so they all brought like one nice outfit. But this girl also comes from like a less, you know, lower income family. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't really have like an outfit. Like, so she was like, didn't want to go basically. And then all the girls were like, no, let's use, they were supposed to do some other trip. Like they were supposed to do like maybe, you know, some sort of like snorkeling adventure or something like that. But they're like, no, let's use that money and buy so-and-so a dress. So then they all went together and like, Bought her a dress and like she's all awkward, you know. And tequila like, <laughs> stinging my eyes. We always drink tequila, I know. So they all went and like she was like, she told me this was her favorite memory as a Girl Scout troop leader is that they all went and they all helped her pick out this nice outfit and they were all like, that looks so good I on love you. This. And like, like, beautiful example of little girls, like girls helping girls. I know. And why they need their safe spaces together. It's so sweet. And how important it is to support each other instead of like making fun. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So sweet. The only other things that I had was the MacArthur Foundation donating a hundred million to deploy the Muppets to the Middle East. No, I do not. That's incredible. Yeah, so they donated money to the Sesame Sesame Workshop and the International Rescue uh, Committee. I love that. And so they're taking... They're taking these Muppets and they're going to help Syrian refugees that were displaced throughout oh the Middle God. East to do like Sesame Street stuff. <sighs> and also they're providing like... Can we donate? Homeschool. Yeah, I'm sure you could donate to IRC. You can donate to IRC. Yeah, yeah. I donate to them. They're awesome. But it says that it's early childhood development interve- intervention that's designed to address the toxic stress experienced by mm-hmm. children in the Syrian response region. So Jordan, Lebanon, Iraq, and Syria. Wow. And they have... Uh, they have Muppets that are like their, f- you know, favorites like right. Elmo and stuff. But then they also have Muppets that are like Jordanian Mupp- a oh, Muppet. That's cool. like a Jordanian character yeah, so that yeah, they can yeah. identify with, oh, with them. And it's so sweet. So they're doing programs and then they're also like developing chi- early childhood development centers oh, cool. and homeschooling material for families oh, wow. to do because a lot of these kids, they can't no go school. to school. Either yeah. either there's no school or they're too like fucked up basically yeah. to go oh. to public school because they're all shook up and they're yeah. scared of like even PTSD, any, any yeah. sounds on the street. They mm-hmm. think they're getting bombed. So that was like 
<sighs> kind of a sweet a sweet thing that I had heard about. I love Sesame Street, so I was like, oh my god, it made That's me tear so up because the cool. pictures. Mm-hmm. I'll send you. I'll have to show you the pictures. Yeah. It's not very good for podcast material, but <laughs> the pictures are so sweet of the kids, like with the Muppets. It's time. It's time to talk about Alanis. Alanis. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what you were gonna say. I was trying. I was searching for the words in my head. Our HSP queen, highly sensitive person. Alanis Morissette, Canadian princess. Let's kick it down with the song we're gonna talk about right now. Listen to that bass, slapping the bass. <laughs> Flea slapping the bass. Flea slapping the bass. <laughs> so, as you all know, this is You Oughta Know. Because if you don't, you oughta. Um. <laughs> so glad you did that. Okay, Jagged Little Pill, this, rec- this record on tape was <laughs> so important to my life. When did it come out? Um, I was in like sixth grade. So like oh, ni- 95. 95. Okay, 95, yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> 95, Chris, my husband is upstairs and he's correcting us. Here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> oh. Here he comes. Listen. If you want to hear about Atlantis, let me tell you. Gather around, kids. Let me tell you about Atlantis. <laughs> Ooh, Ronald, Ronald's getting in the conversation. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Jagged Little Pill, um, which was remastered in 2015. Check it out. It's really good. Yeah. Do I stress you out? <laughs> My sweater's on backwards. And inside out. You say, how appropriate. Okay, um, that's not the song, but... <laughs> I hope you can hear my cat in the background who's actually doing a really rockin' Alanis impression. But, dude, this video is actually really good. I like this video. I forgot that Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters fame was her drummer. He was her live drummer, yeah, and he's in the video. Yeah, I totally forgot about him. He's not on the album... He's not playing on the album, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Dave Navarro and Dave Flea Navarro are. Dave Navarro and Flea, yeah. Which, which was awesome. cool because when I was reading about it, it was saying that she just wrote like the vocal part, or she recorded the vocal part, and then mm, they, right. only with the vocal part, just jammed and developed the music that yeah. way. Yeah. Flea explained to Bass Player Magazine, it was very instinctive. I had showed up, rocked out, and split. When I first heard the track, it had a different bassist and guitar on it. I listened to the bass lines and thought, that's some weak shit. It was no flash and no smash, but the vocal was strong, so I just tried to play something good. And that he did. Yeah, that song fucking rules. The music video um, is basically her in the desert. She's walking around the Mojave Desert, um, and she changes outfits a couple times. It's supposed to symbolize her sort of like changing her pers- like change evolving, evolving because yeah. before Jagged Little Pill she was like a Canadian pop star which, which is so holy weird holy shit did you listen to any of the stuff before Jagged Little Pill yeah it's pretty bad i have what, to play it for you wasn't she also um a kid actor on you can't do that on television I'm pretty was that sure. real i'm pretty sure by the way in this video she barely turned 21 right like she was so young when she recorded 
the album. She was 20, I think. Like, what a fucking life lived already. Wait, didn't Flea play on Jewel's record, too? I think he did. He was, like, bouncing around to all those chicks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the reason why I watched this other video of hers when she was a Canadian pop star was because I was trying to, like, do some research on who the song was about because Mm. the rumor is that it's... um, Dave Coulier. Dave Dave Coulier, who, like, teased that it was about him, but Alanis, like, will never say who it's about publicly. She actually said... um, I didn't write it to get back. Everybody called it the perfect revenge song, but that was not it. It's a devastated song. And in order to pull that out of the despondency, being angry is lovely. I think the moment of anger can pull out, can pull us out of things. 55 people can take credit for that song. And I'm always curious about why they're doing it. But Dave is the most public about it. (laughs) Yeah. He's kind of a dick actually. He (laughs) seems like a dick. And Oh, speaking of him. Uh, so, I found out that she has a twin brother named Wade and I looked up a picture of him (laughs) and he fucking looks like David Coulier. Yes. I have to show you the picture. Also when they dated, she would have been 17 or 18 years old and he was 32 or 33. (laughs) Look at him. Come here. So random. No. She just wanted to get with her brother. The song is Atlantis about her calls. brother. So, like, what does your dad yeah. look like? Was it just like major daddy issues too? I don't know. Oh, that's that's, that's good, so that's weird. Good. Everybody Google Wade Morissette. Google Wade <laughs> Morissette. Seriously. Okay, but okay. But so there was also a rumor that it was about Matt LeBlanc. And Which is so weird. Because he was in this video, so yeah. what come here now? Oh, this is the video. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. What's it gonna be, man? Combination shot off the eight, two banks, head pocket. But I think maybe three banks in the side. Three banks. I know. Hey, minute. Eight inside, clean. You're gonna die when you hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) This is not real. Just wait for it. Is that her in the orange suit? No, this is not a last more Can I just say she's the weirdest looking pop star? <laughs> like, she's Canadian. I know, but come on, that hair. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so it. I went on a deep dive into like where was she before Jagged Little Pill? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it fucking tripped me out. The lyrics are really good on this song, and the lyrics yeah, are really are. good on the entire Jagged Little Pill album. Yeah. If you can get past the funky bass and like cheesy drum beats that are throughout right. the album, it's so good. <laughs> it is really good. Like as a 15-year-old, just like seeing a woman like sing these like garish lines, just like, wow, we can do that. We can sing about that in public. Yeah. Like, it was just really cool to, like, see a woman. Do you think of me when you <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck her? 
Because <laughs> the bed that you made. <laughs> yeah. Every time we speak some name, does you know how you told me you'd hold me until you died, until you died, but I'm still alive. <laughs> that lyric is so good. All of them are so good. But you're still alive. And that part is so good. I love that phrase. And like, how does it start? Oh, the start, it's like, uh, wait, shut up. Wow. Want you, you to know, know. That's right. that I'm happy <laughs> for you. Like, what was this weird, like, singing voice she developed? Because that first video you showed me is yeah, clearly... Yeah, it's like straight up Paula Abdul. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then she man. got into this, like, weird... Well, this guy, the um, the dude that she worked with, the producer... Well, Glenn, Glenn Ballard is the one who co-wrote the song with her. He, but really that guy, Jimmy, that recorded them, whose name I'm totally fucking forgetting, mm. he was, like, encouraging her to be really angry and oh. stuff. Yeah. I was just reading this part. Like, she, Morissette claims that she will never say who the song is about, just as Carly Simon has done with You're So Vain. But I don't know if you guys remember or if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, but the song was a basis for an episode where Larry David, like, like Alanis is, like... Th- at somebody's house performing a private Ooh. concert and Larry David tries oh, to get yeah. tries to get Alanis to tell him who the song is about. Yeah. And then I think at the end she like whispers it in his ear and he like makes the face and then I forgot about that. So That's good. such a good episode. Such a Larry thing. <clears throat> yeah, this album is like dripping with cool people. For the music video, it was directed by Nick Egan, and he is a British artist who created the cover art for a bunch of singles, mm. like single records, including Sheena is a Punk Rocker oh, cool. and Pretty in Pink by Psychedelic Furs. He also directed a bunch of videos for Oasis, Duran Duran, and Sonic Youth. Mm. So pretty cool. And then Glenn Ballard, who who co-wrote the song with her, he was also involved in Thriller and Bad, those two albums, and he co-wrote Man in the Mirror. Ooh. Yeah. And he also wrote the the music and songs for Ghost the Musical. What? So, like I said, (laughs) dripping with talent. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. And because Alanis, Alanis, Alanis. Alanis. Right? Alanis, yeah. Well, I was also thrilled Ms. Morissette. <laughs> to say that Ms. Morissette has a podcast herself, and it's what? called Conversations with Alanis Morissette. That's awesome. And the December 12th episode is with Dr. Elaine Aaron, who is the fucking lady that, that wrote the book about HSPs. No way. <laughs> that been- you have at your house right now. <laughs> Edgar was very curious after our podcast and checked it out. Yeah, so I need to listen to that episode. That's funny. Yeah, and who is she, Alanis, who is she dating now? I don't know, but wasn't she married to, like, Ryan Reynolds at some point? She wasn't, I don't think they were married. I think they were just together. Oh. Yeah, it was, like, something weird. So, Alanis, I know who she's dating now. I just asked it even though I already knew. Who's she dating? She's dating a rapper named Soul Eye. They have two children together. Really? Yeah, he's a rapper. Mm -hmm. I think he's white. He's a white rapper. Soul Eye. That guy, that sounds familiar. They met at a meditation retreat. He's super white. Look at him. He looks like a white rapper. (laughs) He's from Massachusetts. So I was like, oh, okay, he's probably white. Look at him. He looks super white. What if he's not white? (laughs) What if we're being 
Judgmental. Oh, he looks like a country singer. That's how God, white he looks. Her kid looks like Dave Coulier. God damn it. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. So good. Anyway, I love Alanis. I love her. Alanis, she's a pioneer in a lot of ways. And one of the ways that she's a pioneer, I think, that you would really appreciate, Delane, is she was the first person to really um, get into the whole super bloom. Really? <laughs> Didn't you see in the video? <laughs> she's like rolling around in poppies. <laughs> in the desert. Yeah. Which is illegal. You can't and it's like pick or sepia tone. Oh, right. So she was like, yeah, yeah, she yeah. like basically invented Instagram. I think so. Mm-hmm. Through the video. <laughs> Subliminally. Awesome. That's our girl. That's another episode on the books, I guess. That is it. So, so yeah, um, don't forget to submit your stories for next time. Crying in public. Crying in public. I can't wait to tell mine. It involves peeing my pants. No! <laughs> Teaser. Pee is involved. <laughs> So, yeah, um, happy holidays. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year. And do it up. We'll see you next time. Keep crying. Keep crying. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you You both. And no <laughs> Did you forget about me? <laughs> to remind